You are listening to a podcast from gravitychurch.com, Lodi, California. Just never know what's coming your way and how to take it and how to how to do everything. And this church has just gone through um, one of the most normal things that we as humans will ever have to go through. It's totally normal for us to go, totally normal for us to go through the situations, but it's how we deal with it. It's how we go through it. It's how we handle their circumstances that makes all the difference in our life and in everybody else's life. It's an amazing thing. Luke chapter 15. Those of you that have been around here for the last several months know that this church has been specifically called by God to go after that one lost sheep. There's a story in Luke 15 where Jesus says that there were 99 sheep hanging out with the shepherd and one of them wandered off and he left the 99 to go after the one. And Jesus in this chapter of Luke begins to lay out this story of how much value and how much worth he sees in that one lost sheep and how when they leave the pack, so to speak, He does everything within his power to go after them. And when we began to feel God's call to do something here at this church, the specific thing that we felt God say was, there's a lot of places where my sheep can connect with me. There's a lot of places where the 99 can go and be with me. But there is not a lot of places for the one. They feel judged. They feel hurt. They feel left out. They feel ridiculed. They feel like we speak a different language. They feel that... that We can't relate to them. And God said, create a place that they can come. And in this chapter, Jesus continues with another story. He says, not as there, there's so much value in that lost sheep, that one lost sheep. But he says, let me tell you another story. He starts talking about this woman who lost some coins in her house and how she tore her house upside down to try to find this lost coin because it was valuable to her. And she would do anything she could to find that lost coin. And he says, let me tell you one more story. And in Luke chapter 15, he says this. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now instead of waiting until you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and took a trip to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money on wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him to feed his pigs. The boy became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, Even the hired men have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and I'll say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired man. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. And he was filled with compassion and love. And he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. 
But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening in the pen. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. And so the party began. <laughs> you know, this story is such a, just an awesome story because so many of us in this room can relate to this guy's story. We've lived our lives in a way that took us to places that we wished that it never had taken us to. And many of us have come back to our father with that same attitude and said, here I am. But there's something about this story that is very, very important for you and I to understand when we think about going after that one lost sheep. See, there's a question in this story that every single one of us has had to answer at some point in our life. There's a thought, there's a, there's a, there's a human tendency that is shown in this story so beautifully that you and I wrestle with all the time. And this, this thought, this tendency is this, is this thinking or this feeling that I can take care of myself. Think about it. How many times in our life have we thought, nobody else can, tell, nobody else can do for me what I can do for myself. I can take care of myself. You see, this guy in this story illustrates perfectly why we as Gravity Church feel so compelled to do what we, we are going to do and are doing. Because you and I, just like this guy, have started down that road and have had that independent streak come up within us that says, I just want to go. I just want to go. And in this story, he says to his dad, he says, Give me what I got coming because I want to go and I can take care of myself. And he starts down the road, just like you and I have started down that same road at many, many times in our life. We start down the road of independence. We take what we've been given. Some of us started out in life with a lot. Some of us started out with a little. Some of us came from a home that was very nice and neat and tidy and put together. Others of us came from a home that was completely a mess. Some of us started off with money. Some of us started in poverty. doesn't matter where we started. We all start down this road with whatever we've been given. And this world teaches us that you got to take care of yourself. And that's what we do. And so this guy goes down this road and he begins to, to see what's out there. He begins to see what he can do for himself. The story goes that the guy spends all his money on wild living fill in the blanks, whatever that means to you, partying, whatever. He goes and spends all the money that he's get, been given. His life begins to unravel, so to speak. We've all experienced that in one way or another. Our lives begin to unravel. The things that we've been given, we've put them into play, and we think it was going to do something, and it didn't work. So where do we find ourselves? Well, some of us, it takes a lifetime to get to the point to where our life really unravels and we see it for what it is. Some of us, we learn really quick that, wow, this just really isn't working. But at some point, we all end up in the same place. We all end up in this story, this guy's living with pigs. 
He's in the pig pen, and he's eating pig food. And he's thinking to himself, how did I get here? What is it about this guy's story that is so familiar to you and me? Well, no matter where we come from and no matter what kind of upbringing we had, the one commonality that we all share is this fear that nobody will take care of me, including God. We're raised in a world around us that creates skeptics out of all of us. We've talked about the very first time that Satan lied to Adam and Eve in the garden and said, you can't trust your father. He told you, don't eat that tree, and that tree is what you need. He's lying to you. Can't you see it? And from that moment on, every one of us have been skeptics, and we've been passing it on from father to son, generation to generation, everywhere we go. We are skeptical. And so when this guy begins to go down the road in life, and he finds himself to this, in this place of being absolutely a mess, and he's lost everything that he thought was going to make him so happy, he has a choice to make, just like you and I have that same choice. And that choice comes in the form of, what if my father really does love me? What if my father really can take care of me? What if I just go back and beg him? If I just go back and I just tell him, I'm so sorry, will you please take me back? Maybe, just maybe, he'll let me live in the barn with the hired hands. Just maybe. What I love about this story so much is that you see two sides of the story. You also see the father's perspective of this whole thing. You get to see what our heavenly father goes through when this circumstance happens in our lives. What do you think it was like for the father in this story to hand over the inheritance to his son and watch him leave? What do you think that felt like? Knowing what he knew. I don't know about you guys. I've got little kids. And sometimes when they come up to me and they just seem to know everything in the world and they tell me how life is and they tell me how it's going to be and they look at me with such naiveness, I just think as their parent, you have no clue what you're even talking about right now. And in God's heart, in this story, this guy says, all right, son, I'm going to give you what you're asking for, knowing full well that you're going to blow it, knowing full well where you're headed and knowing full well what you're about to do. He gives it to him. Isn't that amazing? God doesn't fight him on it. The father doesn't try to talk him out of it. The father doesn't try to hold him back and say, no, I didn't raise you this way. You can't be this kind of person. This, you know better than this. The father says, okay, I have to let go because love does not control Love lets go. Love has to release. Love has to let go. Whenever we try to hold on and whenever we try to fight to hold on to something and control it, you can guarantee that God is not in the mix. God is not about that. And so this father says, okay, son, go. You can go. And he has to watch his son leave. You see, the father couldn't change who he was to appease the son's desires. The father couldn't say, come on, let's work a deal. The father knew he has to go. And so the story unfolds that this guy ends up in the pig pen. 
And in verse 17 is one of the most amazing sentences in all of the Bible, in my opinion. The sentence says in verse 17, when he finally came to his senses. Hmm. When he finally came to his senses. Where were you at when you finally came to your senses? I know some of your stories. I know Danny's story really well. Folsom Prison, right, Danny? Yeah. He finally came to his senses. I finally came to my senses in this building, in church. I had been raised all the right ways with all the right tools been given to me, and yet I still had to go down this same road. There's no exemptions. Nobody's exempt from this. But when we finally come to our senses, do you know what we realize? Do you know what the epiphany is? I can't take care of myself. I can't. Some of us wait a lifetime to come to this place. I know old men who still think, I can take care of myself. I can make myself happy. I can provide for myself. I just need to work harder. I just need to make more money. I just need this. I just need this. I just need this. I can take care of myself. And we believe the lie that this world tells us. But at some point, we come to our senses. And when that happens, everything changes. When that happens, our world's turned upside down. When that happens, we go, maybe I can go home to where my father is. And then our story really begins. Because intimacy with God, it begins when we come to our senses. Can't happen any other way. Intimacy with God, it begins when we come to our senses. Look at what Jesus says in the book of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says some really strong words here. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process, is anything worth more than your soul? You put aside selfish ambition, you lose yourself, and you follow Jesus. Last week, I don't know how many of you guys were here, but last Sunday morning, we witnessed something miraculous right here. You guys know what I'm talking about? We saw, we saw a man, Zach reconnect with his biological father who he'd never met. We saw a reunion of father and son in front of our very eyes. And we got to witness the emotion. We got to see what, what took place. We saw Danny and his love for Zach raising him as his own. We saw the love of God between father and son right in front of our own eyes. It was a miracle. It was an absolute stunner for us to sit here and just watch this and to be a part of what God had orchestrated in these people's lives. And in this story, we see just a little glimpse 
of what the father's heart was towards his son when he returned. That when he came to his senses and he came home, his father said, son, I've been waiting. I've been waiting here this whole time. I'm ready for you. Now, the, the, the moral to this story or the, or the finale, the clincher of this story, if you will, is what do we do from there? See, God has called us not just to open our hearts to that one lost sheep, not just to look for them, but he's called us to open our hearts to feel compassion, to open our hearts to want to do something, to open our hearts to want to give, to open our hearts to let God love through us. Tim, would you come on up here for a sec, brother? Many of you guys know that on Wednesday nights, we've been doing something for the last month or so where we have decided to do nothing more than just put our lives in God's way. The way that we do that is on Sunday mornings here, we have a trash can in the foyer, nice pretty pink one, thank you Patricia. And we, as a, as a group, put small donations in this trash can. And then every Wednesday night, we go out to his place and we package up these boxes of food and then we go into neighborhoods door to door and we look for people that need food. We knock on the door with no agenda and we just say, we're here, we've got extra food and we want to help out. Do you need food? Some of them say, no, we don't. But they point to their neighbor across the street and say, but they do. Go and give it to them. And all we're doing is just putting our life in God's way so that we maybe can do something with God. It's crazy. Well, Tim came for the, last, for the first time this last Wednesday night and I asked him just to share a little bit about what he experienced. Listen. We started packing up boxes. It was 12 boxes of food, and uh, not, not a lot to most people, but right now with the economy and stuff, I mean, they're good-sized boxes. And uh, Jason's like, we're going to drive over to a neighborhood and park in the middle of a court and just knock on doors and talk to people. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we got out there and started knocking on doors. First door we knocked, off, knocked on, person needed food. Um, Jason ended up talking to the guy in about what, a half hour. For, yeah, for about a half hour talking to the guy and stuff. So there was four, uh, five, five more people. And so we went and finished knocking on doors. And it was just amazing. It was amazing in the aspect where uh, one of the houses we knocked on, uh, husband and wife, probably about 30, 35. Husband just lost her job the day before. And she goes, I was just praying on this yesterday. How am I going to get food? And it was just amazing in the aspect of a retired couple uh, knocked on their door. They're retired, barely making it. And what a $5 box of food uh, did for the people and just the conversations and stuff and opening the doors was just amazing. And so when I got home, I called Jason. I'm like, Jason, how much is a box of food? What, what can we do to, you know, keep this going? You know, it was just amazing what a $5 box of food can do for somebody else in need and what kind of conversations you can strike and stuff. It was just an awesome feeling. Very awesome. Because yeah. I feel like your stories that you have to tell, the simple story of what Tim just shared with us, is way more powerful than what I can do with a microphone every single week. You guys get tired of hearing me, trust me, I will get redundant, but your story, it never gets old when you tell it. Your story is fresh every single time you tell it. And this room is full of stories. It's full of your lives that have gone down this road and eventually you came to your senses 
and you've got a story to tell. I don't care how sanitary your background is. I don't care how nice your life looks today. When you go back to that moment when you came to your senses, you were a mess. Your life was broken. And that's where it all begins. Because at the end of the day, you and I are nothing more than beggars that Jesus walked alongside on the side of the road and said, here, I'll give you bread. And when he did, he opened our eyes and we could see for the first time in our life. We're all beggars who've had our eyes opened up. We're gonna pray this morning and we're gonna take communion together. And this morning when we come to the communion table, this morning when we come to worship God and to interact with him, I want you to begin to ask God, God, what would you have me to do? Because this is not a place for you to come and sit. This is a place for you to come and listen for God and let him activate your passions in life and then for us to help send you out to go and put those passions into play everywhere that you go in society, everywhere that you go and touch people, God is gonna go with you. Let's pray. Jesus, this morning, I just ask right now that as we come and as we partake, as we take this bread and dip it in this juice, as we get alone with you for a few moments here, God, I just pray that you would come into that place you would come into that circumstance. You would come into this situation. And God, you'd begin to talk to us. You'd begin to just spend that moment with us. God, this is not a corporate thing. This is a personal thing. This is an individual thing. This is between me and you. And as I come and offer my life to you, and as I come and I give my offerings to you, and as I come and I receive the, the memory of what you did for me, on that cross, I just pray, God, that you would meet me in this moment, that you would meet me right where I'm at. And God, I pray for anybody in this room right now, God, that finds themselves in this story that we've read today. And maybe, God, they're still walking down that road thinking that they can take care of themselves. God, I pray that you would take them to the end of the road quickly so that they can come to themselves that they can come to their senses. And Father, I pray that as they return, that you would meet them and greet them with the same hug and the same love that you met me with so many times. I'm yours, God. I just give myself to you. Amen. Well, we just want to thank everybody for coming today, and we hope you had a, a good time with between you and the Lord. Um, I just wanted to mention there is a contact card in the bulletin. If we could have you guys fill that out. Um, we do send out weekly emails, and our website is up and running. It is gravitychurch.com. It looks awesome. It's another way to connect with you guys on a regular basis. We love you all. Have a great week, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to gravitychurch.com.